Welcome everybody to Hit Like a Girl. I'm Randy. And I'm Mike. So we, uh, we've got a little podcast background. We decided, you know, number one, we love softball. Mike, you're a coach? Yep, absolutely. And I'm just really getting into travel myself with my 10-year-old. And so we, we talked and there's just nothing like this out there that we're aware of. Sure, and I think we wanted to bring awareness uh, to, to the softball community at, at large and, and let everybody know kind of what this episode is going to be about is specifically things that we wish we would have known uh, getting into the travel ball world. Right. Right. You, you think you know, but you don't know until you're in right. it. And things to be aware of, right? And um, I like on Facebook forums, um, you always see newbie parents, which we both were at one time, asking all these questions. Well... Hopefully we can answer those or give some insight. Yeah, absolutely. We'd like to answer them and, and hopefully make the transition uh, s- smoother. It's it's an interesting world. It's going to be a kind of a bumpy road at times, but it, it's definitely a, a, a world that's worthwhile for your for your little player. And uh, before we get into that, I just want to say, you know, episode one, you guys saw um, collegiate catcher Tyler Chambers. Uh, give her story. One of the questions or suggestions from um, our growing group of fans was, hey, you know, can you guys talk about the transition from rec ball to travel ball? So hopefully Tyler was able to answer some of that or give some insight. Uh, For her, she was incredibly successful, is successful, but she's also an example of someone that works extremely hard. Correct. And I, I think first and foremost, when we're talking about travel softball, I don't think I don't think we can talk about travel softball without giving a, a cap nod to the rec, rec ball leagues. And what I mean by that is there are some phenomenal players in rec ball. Rec, rec ball players are, you know, it, it, for whatever reason. Some don't decide to go to travel, whether it be the financial commitments, whether they don't want to put in the time or the parents can't, you know, get them to practice and whatnot. So I will never disparage rec ball players. Or uh, or the, the girls just don't love the game that much. Correct. Right. Um, and I, I think that the first piece of advice that, that I can give to parents looking to have their daughters join rec ball is this is a commitment. Um, The commitments may vary. You're going to have rec ball, or I'm sorry, travel ball teams that travel all over the country. You're going to have local travel ball teams, and you're going to have a a mixture of of both of them. So there's a lot of travel ball teams to pick from. So when you're, you know, trying to decide that, you have to be cognizant of, you know, what, what you want for your daughter. What can you for lack of a better term, ultimately, what can you afford for your daughter as well? Um, and then what type of commitment you're willing to, to put into, you know, growing her love of this game. So, number one, not only is it a commitment time-wise, financially, yes, it's it can be a huge commitment expense. Absolutely. And, and the initial price you get is never the actual price. So just, and I'm just gonna use simple numbers at this point. You go to a team and you know, your daughter tries out, they want her on the team, it's gonna be $1,500 for the year. And that gets her some uniforms and whatnot, uh, practice time. You know, depending on how it's structured and every 
travel ball organizations structured differently. So um, most likely it's not going to include their cut of the tournaments that they enter into. The initial startup fees are often just basically practice time spots and uniforms. Actually entering the tournaments, that's not necessarily decided until later in the season what tournaments are going to be played. So you're going to get additional costs for that. You have a travel ball organization that actually travels, you're going to have to factor in hotel stakes as well. Hotel stays can range, well, it depends how many times you go out of town, but uh, an average travel ball team uh, is going to be well over $1,000 for the hotel stays. And you're looking at usually two nights a weekend, right? Yes. Yeah, just depending on, on where you're at, it's going to be Make a Friday, Saturday, coming back Sunday. So we'll go right to that, right? right. Travel ball weekend. Yes. First of all, you got to play through the season. Yes. First, well, well first so, some travel ball organizations take time off around Christmas and whatnot, which I, I believe is healthy. Um, some decide to just, you know, one season ends, the other one begins, and let's get let's get to work. Right, right. What I was saying is, is uh, that kind of travel weekend, you know, you go into a tournament, you play through seed games. Yes. Trying to get the structure of the weekend, right? Correct. So you, you play... Uh, so you have your pool play games. Pool play, right? Uh, then normally Friday, it depends on the amount of teams in the tournaments, are going to run into Saturday. Um, and then after that, uh, you, you know, the seeds are formed and then you begin your bracket play. Now, they're, depending on the tournament, uh, most tournaments around have a four-game guarantee. So they're playing one or, one or two bracket games, then they're going into pool play with maybe a double elimination. Some are some tournaments that we've been in uh, are, are seven game guarantees. Those are long days. <laughs> Those are long weekends. And it, you know, depending what area, especially if you're up north and you play indoor, uh, you might be playing games at two in the morning. You might be playing games at three in the morning. That's just the reality of it. Oh yeah. I was blown away when, when you were showing me tournaments at three a.m. Jeez, oh, geez. it's pretty cool though. It's an experience, yeah. right? And it, these are just things that I, I think the late night tournaments or early morning tournaments, however you want to cut it, are uh, not as hard on the kids as they are parents that just work all Friday and then have, you know have to be awake to watch your kids play ball. Commitment. It is commitment, That's but commitment. Uh, I'll tell you what, you, you have to be dedicated as a parent as well. Oh yeah. And what I mean by that is at two in the morning, we were finding that some of our girls were kind of just out of energy. They just, you know, they went to school and then they're playing. It's three in the morning. We had parents leading cheers for the kids. Yeah. So um, just trying to keep them motivated. Parents have to love the game almost as much as the player. Absolutely. But here, here is the fine line. Don't love the game so much that you corrupt your child. Yes. Don't vicariously. make it not exactly. Right. Do not live vicariously through them. Right. Encourage them. So I've experienced that now, not only through travel softball, but my son wrestles. Oh boy, have I seen some crazy stuff. Right. Different worlds. Different right? worlds. Right. And and so, if you're a parent, and let's digress a second into picking your team. So you're obviously, we'd encourage you to go to multiple tryouts. So when I got into this, yes, this past season. I came to you right away. I said, hey, Mike, man, you know, my daughter loves the game. She's incredible. I don't believe she's getting what she needs in rec ball, which is why travel ball is amazing. Play all the time, get what you need. But 
you advise me, hey man, try out for as many teams as you can. Right. Get the experience because it's not about necessarily the team picking your daughter. It's about you picking the team and ensuring that there's a positive interaction with the coaching staff. You can absolutely annihilate your daughter's confidence with the wrong coach. Or I'll give you an example. And, and I mean, you were even there for one of them. Uh, we went to our first tryout and my daughter was finished the moment she walked onto that field yeah. because the particular coaches did not fit her. And you'll even hear Tyler talk about that in our first podcast, but uh, they were very drill sergeant-esque and didn't really show like compassion on their face. They were very, sure, very stoic. Very stoic, right. Yeah. And she, was, she wasn't in it, wasn't fielding great, wasn't hitting the ball, and the tryout was over before it began. Right. And, ner- and that was her first one. She was nervous as well. Right. And nervous. And, and so you got the nerves, and then you're, you're kind of, let's face it, at 10, 12, even to an extent 14 years old, it, you know, you might be scared of that coach. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that you have to, it, it, some teams just aren't a fit for further players. So, so, and that's why I encourage when you're getting in, you know, what what I would encourage even before tryouts is try to acclimate your daughter by, you know, emailing or or Facebooking a a coach for a team that you want, she might want to try out for and go to one of their practices. Normally they'll, they'll, they'll have opens, you know, we want to come check out your, the organization and they should welcome with open arms. So our second tryout, she walked down the field. Uh, this particular team had all female coaches, not that that makes a difference. But for my daughter, when she saw the joy and the enthusiasm from these coaches, she was made before she, you know, instead of being completely defeated. Right. She was on a different level as soon as she walked on that field, and she killed that tryout. Right. And, and you know, they're 10-year-old girls. Yeah. They're 12-year-old girls. They're going to have good days. They're going to have, let's face it, pro athletes have good days and bad days. We can't expect our players to right. play up to the expectations of, of what we want them to play sure. like. They're just not going to. Right. Um, they're going to make bonehead mistakes. They're going to strike out. They're going to throw the ball away. And while it's easy enough for parents in the stands to critique it, you're not the player. This is yeah. their game. I guess the uh, where I was going with those two examples is just the confidence that the players will get from coaches, right? I saw what happened in first tryout, second tryout, the coaches really made her. And thankfully for us, she fell in love with them, they fell in love with her, it was a great fit. That's awesome. That's for sure. And and that's gonna help develop her uh, moving forward. Definitely. You know, and, and then another additional cost, if you're a catcher, if you're a pitcher, if you have any, if you're a slap hitter. Oh yeah. And when you're getting in the travel ball world, practice isn't enough now you've got to get private instructors yes. as well unless you're fortunate enough to have you know a, a, a pitching coach that that's actually your coach um, that can work but a, a lot of teams don't have that and the last thing I know me personally uh, yeah I'll see what our pitchers are doing I'll watch I have no business correcting their mechanics and I think what's important about the coaching aspect and knowing what to co- know what you're capable of I'm not going to get over my skis and and mess up uh, a, a young player's mechanics because I because I'm the coach and I think I should. Yeah. So the parent really has 
a couple of responsibilities in there. Yes. One, I know you want your child to be in travel ball, but you have to be realistic with yourself. Are they playing at that level? Before you even take them to a tryout. Sure. It's very important to be able to recognize. And two, you can't expect a travel coach to be a full-time instructor at the same time. Correct. Right. They, they're there Guidance. To, they're there to work on what they already have. The to build the team. To build the team. Correct. But they're not there for individual instruction. Right. Correct. And I'm not saying that you can't sidebar. Right. You know, if you see something just egregious that, that needs to be corrected. But for the most part, our co- at least my co- coaching ideology would be to team build. Build the right. team. Build the movements. Softball is not an individual game. Right. It's a team game. You have to make sure that entire team is flowing correctly. Where's your right fielder going when it's a hit to left field? Everybody has an assignment in it. And it's really understood. Our job is to teach the intricacies of right. the game. Scenarios. Absolutely. Right. Uh, player awareness. Situational awareness. Exactly. So, like, for me personally, uh, my daughter has fallen in love with a catching coach. And uh, they're inseparable. So, no matter what team she plays for, she's always going to train Coach. Sure, and and there's a comfortability there, Definitely. right? And so that's just an additional cost that you have to be aware of, Definitely. Um, especially if you're in the um, say the specialty positions. Uh, you might have a hitting coach. Let's face it, if if you're struggling at the plate, you know, uh, we're we're going to give some some knowledge and, and some instruction, to try to you know correct the swing. But you might need to go see a hitting coach as well. Um, that's just the reality of it. Every and. Not every player, especially, well, no player, and I think I can say this um, pretty resolutely, no player in travel ball is going to bat a thousand. Just not going to happen. Um, you know, in rec ball, that can happen. But in, in travel ball, you're very rarely going to see, if ever, somebody batting a thousand. There, you know, there's going to be slumps. We're playing so many games. Another difference between travel ball and the town ball organizations are town ball you might play one two games and you're done you could be playing six seven i think the most we played was eight games in a day these girls are exhausted rec ball generally you know their movement girls around all the time right you get to travel ball and we start to get kids that are that's their position that's the team you gotta have they're earning their spots as well um and let's face it, when you're at Travel Bowl, eh, for the most part, everybody's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, everyone's got the basics down. And, you know, any coach that's worth his salt is is looking at how the players are evolving. Just because you're a good player doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be the starting player right. at this point. Um, another thing is, let's face it, in the Travel Ball world, you know, playtime isn't guaranteed. Right. It's very much so situational. Uh, past practice in, in so far as you know uh, situations that happen the best players are going to be put in those situations at that it's while it's not about winning it's a little bit about winning as well sure. um nope i mean honestly nobody goes and plays well, look, we're, lose, we're, right? we're doing this podcast to give a realistic realistic right there are teams out there that are going to be uh, trophy chasers, right? Uh, they're just going to tournaments where they they're actually scouting out teams that they know they can beat to go play them. 
Then you're going to have teams that are playing probably a division or two above what they're. That's another thing we should talk about, divisions. There's different divisions sure. in the travel. Ball. <laughs> Before we talk about that too, where I was leading up to, um, as far as like special, you know, players playing their positions is pitching in travel balls on a completely different level. Sure. Mike is talking about slumps. <laughs> when that travel season starts, you're going to see slumps because you got girls that are throwing, well, let's just say in 10U, 12U, they're throwing 50 to 60 miles an hour. Yeah, 35, 40. But, oh man, I'm in this league, we, were, we had a, a guy. Other oh, closer. A relative, okay, yeah. yeah, with a gun and his gun on them. They were throwing 45, 50 mm -hmm. plus. Okay. You know, it just depends. So you're going to have teams that are throwing smoke, or you can have teams that aren't throwing smoke. And that's where Mike's going to the divisions A, B, C teams. Yeah, you have A, B, C teams, C teams being your. Kind of your transitional teams, per se, B being the step up from that, A, a being your top-tier divisional teams. Um, after that, you kind of go to PGF teams, uh, which are... You have to school me on that, boy. Yeah, it, it, it's a whole different podcast. Um, I, I don't necessarily agree with how teams are ranked. Uh, it really does go by... Uh, it's kind of subjective by the organization they're playing for, because, yeah, you know, when, when you're playing... In the travel ball, you're either going to be realistically part of USFA, NSA, U-Trip. Uh, there, there's other organizations around that you'll be a part of. And all, all their ranking systems are different. You could be a, a B team in U-Trip uh, and then a C team in uh, NSA. So there, that, that's something, once again, yeah, yeah. for another podcast that we can talk about. But when you talk about the vision, so you're, you're definitely going to see the pitching difference. At least in my experience. Ish. So uh, you know, I, what I found is I don't see much of a difference between C and B. No. And, you know, there's a little bit of a separation between C and A. Um, but the, you know, I, I noticed the hitting's different. Um, it, it, there's a lot more solid contact, it seems, coming out of your A, a players, which is something you have to be aware of what you're trying out for. You know, uh, are you going to go try out for A teams? Your daughter might be good enough to go try out for an A team. But once again, don't be surprised if if she doesn't make that team, right. uh, because of, you know every parent it seems well. I want my daughter to be the best, so she needs to play for an A team. She needs to play for a PGF team. She really doesn't to grow, right? And and it really is all about your expectations with with what do you want for your daughter? What does your daughter want as well? That should be what, the most important. It should be. What, what's her? Is she having fun? I ask my players at all the time, you having fun? Because once you're done having fun, you burn out. There's no reason to do it anymore. Right. It, it has to be fun. This is a game. This is a game that's teaching life lessons. It's teaching how to work with others. It's a game of failures, right? It's a game that you know that you have to rise through adversity. It, it's a game that's going to have unbelievable ups and then unbelievable downs. You're going to have those heartbreak moments. It teaches kids how to cope with that. It's, it's an artificial stress to, to the kids. It's nothing really bad is going to happen to them, but in, in that time, in the moment, in their minds, oh my God. You so know, there, there's full meltdowns. Yeah. So as, as parents that are just getting into travel or get, you know, be prepared to ask a thousand questions. Yes. I, I think it's super important. If you, my advice on that is ask as many questions as you can of the coach, primarily Obviously, cost is going to. How often are you going to practice? How often are you going to travel? And the follow-up to that is, how many hotel stays are you anticipating 
Are there any week-long tournaments, such as nationals, uh, that you're going to be going to? Uh, with, with that, I, I would also you know, ask the coach, what's their philosophy on, on coaching the kids? You know, do they come at it with a militaristic perspective, or do they want to keep it fun and engaged? Um, if you're able to, to watch a couple of their practices, see what they're doing. What type of drills are they doing? Are the coaches engaged or are they sitting by the fence talking? Are they, they actually helping and, and help uh, running these practices properly? It's all important. It, it, it's not only investment in your daughter, it's, it's, it's an investment in, it's just an investment all around. You know, Definitely. besides your, investing in, in your child to have fun for a game, it's a huge cost, but it, it's, you know, it's an investment for their future. You never know where that's going to lead to for them. You know, it, and when I was talking about you have to determine the goals of your daughter and, you know, what your goals of her are, you know, some might be, hey, I just want her to have fun and, and grow. Some might, hey, I want her just to play through high school, be able to make her high school team. Some say, yeah, I want her to make go to college and, and play. Some, some are even, you know, more ambitious than that. So that's going to be up to every individual player. And it's... It's uh, other than that. I mean, it, it it's a fun it, it's a fun culture to be a part of. Yeah, you know. I mean, I gotta I like it because it got me out of coaching, so I get to watch and enjoy it. Right. Uh, you're coaching, sorry. But uh, I love packing the wagon. I love setting the tent. You're a wagon packer. Oh, I'm a wagon packer. Which you're gonna see our segments that Mike created, wagon packing. But I love setting the tent up. I love bringing a cooler with all of our lunches and everything that we need. I love the experience. It is awesome. And then the, the, the parents you meet, the camaraderie, all that good stuff. So what you're going to find is, as a, a, soft, a travel softball parent, you're going to fall into one of nine categories of parent. You're not unique. Randy, you just described the stereotypical over, overly prepared parent. <laughs> who has everything they could possibly need. Trying. Um, you learn fast, by the way. Right, well, you know, and you can, you know, there, I, I really think of the, the parental positions, basically there's nine positions just like there are on the softball field for parental uh, positions. And you're gonna fall into one of them. Right. So you, you can cross over, you know, you might have to be the utility parent per se, um, but you've got your game changer parent who ultimately is you try to talk to them while they're doing the game changer app. They're don't talk to me. I'm doing game changer, and then you'll have. I have taken that up, by the way. I'm the game changer guy. You're the game changer. I love it. You know what I love? Uh, not to veer off, but even though they're young and it's really not that important, I love keeping accurate stats right. to see growth. Right. Growth. Well, and not to slam it down their throats and be like, "Oh, look at this," or "And look who's doing this." No, just just to, they can look back one day. And see their growth. That's what I think is really good. Yeah, see the growth, and, and, and it's healthy. You you can point out the slumps sure. as well, and it, it is really a, a great development tool, especially because they've got spray charts and whatnot, sure. and game changer, and now they've got the clips that uh, you know yep. every time you're at band if the video's up. But uh, once again, game changer. I think we can talk about for, for yeah. Hours. We'll we'll do an episode on that where we're going to give tutorials, review it. Coming up, right? So you know it. So obviously now you're the game changer, but you were the overly prepared. I'm both. You're both. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then you you have the uh, the isolation. Excuse me, the isolationist. 
That is the parent that if you look in right field or look in left field, they're sitting there by themselves with this just stoic look and they don't say anything to anybody and they're watching. Oh yeah. And don't go over and talk. Well, there is one parent that will go over and talk with them. And that's the overly anxious parent that is sitting at first pitch and all of a sudden they're so nervous. Like I, I, I can't look. And they go walking away and then go talk to the isolationist who is now upset because somebody's talking to her, but you've got the nervous person talking. And you know, then next to your your uh, your nervous Nelly, you've got your chatty one that's talking. And normally the chatty parent is sitting next to the game changer. That's just how this works. Oh, and, and I'll piggyback on that. Usually that parent also says stuff that gets people in trouble, uh, talks, a, <laughs> talks a business, but also gets picked up on the game changer camera. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear, yeah, them. absolutely. You can hear hear it spilling through on the game. Happens every camera. once in a while, and and then you you know it, so ultimately you've got your chatty one that's talking to the game changer. Oh yeah, and then all of a sudden the game changer's like, hold on, hold on, I'm doing game changer. Oh, yeah. Wait, and then was that a ball or a strike? Hey blue, hey blue, was that a ball or a strike? I'm doing game changer. <laughs> and then, hey, that happens, right? And then, so we've but seen then, it, and then you miss a play. And then you got to figure out what just happened. Exactly. And you've got to be good. Spending the rest of the game trying to figure out where you're at playing catch. I got that down pat, so I can, <laughs> I can go back and undo, redo. And, and then who else you got sitting in the stands, Randy? You, you've got you're gonna get, uh, get your critic. Oh, yeah. The, the person that's got the opinion on how everything should be done. If you're that parent, God bless you. I think you're needed on the team, right? But it, it, and it, for, for anything, but it's comic relief. You know, the first pitch comes in ball oh that wasn't a ball that was that was close blue no this guy this this umpire is horrible well it's the first pitch right so you you just deal with the critic and sometimes they get thrown out sometimes they get thrown out that once again totally your attitude reflects upon your child reflects upon the organization you got to be cognizant yeah yeah that i've really that's huge i've seen behavior from parents really change the ump's attitude towards that team. That, but I have seen teams not quit the player, quit the parent. Sure. And now I got to get rid of the player because I can't deal with the parent. Yeah. Whole if different podcast. A, we'll get there. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've got your medic. You've and, and normally that is the person that's overly prepared but has the entire medic kit. Now they've got air cast and splints. And, uh, you've got your tech guru who has every little trinket and device from cameras to audio to uh, solar panels set up. I think Mr. Mike over here falls into that category. Right. (laughs) Um, And then finally you've got your DJ. Now the DJ is the unsung hero of the parental softball world. I honestly believe good walk-up songs motivate players. Making sure the walk-up songs are played in a timely manner motivate players. Absolutely. Um, and so you, everyone's got their role, I guess. Um, and, and some parents, if you're listening to this and are curious, and, and now you're getting your answers, you're like, walk-up songs, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rec ball may not have that cool stuff, but you get travel softball, and it's a whole different. World. Right. And if you've got a coach that that's too cool for walk-ups, so no, we're not doing that. Come on. At the end of the day, they're 10, 12, 14-year-old girls. Let them have fun oh, with yeah. it. It's awesome. Um, yeah, so that, that that's kind of my walk on what to, to look out for. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Uh, and again, when, when you're looking into getting them travel, and if you've got any questions, any follow-up, anything we missed, uh, send us a message. We'll be glad to answer it. Our, our opinions aren't uh, are broad brushstrokes, honestly. They're not meant to, to define every player or every organization. Um, one last key when you're looking for a travel ball organization, make sure they're very transparent with the books. And what I mean by that is, you know, there, there's been a lot of news media lately about, you know, people not doing what they're supposed to do with the funding. Any reputable organization will be pretty transparent with their books for you. So some are in it to make some money. And you know what? God bless them. As long as they're doing the right thing with the majority of the money. Uh, you know, coaches can get paid. There are paid coaching positions. Um, and don't be shocked when you see 300 an hour for indoor practice facilities. The stuff's not cheap. So, you know, if you want to understand where your money's going, just, just ask to see a, a, a PL for, for a month or, or so. And, and the, co- uh, the, the administration should be pretty transparent with you about that. So, a little bit of homework, ask questions, maybe, uh, you know, Look for some reviews on Facebook. It's a great place to, to see. And, um, we or wish, ask us. We'll we tell wish, you. Yeah, yeah. And we wish you guys all the luck. It, there's nothing like travel ball. Absolutely. I'm happy I, you know, we entered the world. Right. Welcome to the world, everybody. Yeah. We'll see you in the next one. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, be sure, like, like Mike said, questions, comments. Uh, this podcast will be streaming on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, you name it, it'll be there. Um, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, guys, we'd really appreciate likes and follows. Some clicks. Yep. Likes like, and follows, please. Follow, um, sharing. Those little things takes a couple seconds of your time, but helps us tremendously, especially when it comes to us wanting to review products. Uh, we have talked, we've got a game plan together. We're going to review big products. We want to, when we're done with the review, have a giveaway. Right um, to the teams. Right to the teams. And we're going to do a live drawing. Um, but the more of a fan base that we have, the better the products we're going to get. Yep. And uh, we really need you. So we appreciate it. Thanks for sticking with us. We'll see you on the next podcast. See you on the next one.